Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? Welcome to episode 9, not the Rajon Rondo episode, but the Brad Wanamaker episode of the Banner Banter Podcast, your favorite Boston Celtics podcast from a season ticket holder point of view. My name is Timmy G. How are you guys doing? I just got back from the Celtics game. I also went to the Patriots game today. So if I sound absolutely exhausted and my voice sounds shot, it's because, well, I was active today. I did a lot of things. Just want to give a shout out. To everyone that I saw today down at Gillette, everyone that I saw today at the Garden, it was so, so good to be back at the Garden. I don't care if it was preseason. It was great to be back there. We have a lot of things to talk about, but first, Facebook, Instagram, at Banner Banter Podcast, and on the Twitter machine, at Banner Banter 18. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, SoundCloud, you name it find us that's where we are we man do we have a lot to talk about because the boston celtics are back playing basketball but first off let's talk about media day a lot happened on media day first off we got to start with kyrie irving (laughs) did kyrie irving say the right things to get the pants tight or what holy guacamole he said he was excited and he was willing to be patient because he knew that this was going to be special After everything that Kyrie said, I am so confident that he is going to be staying with the Boston Celtics. If he doesn't stay with the Celtics, then, well, wow, he's a really good liar, and he completely fooled me because everything that he said was spot on. He even told Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV, her and I have the same birthday, that he believes Boston is the place for him. He told NBC Sports that even if I had to test free agency, Boston's going to be like, no, you're coming back here, and I am fine with that. Like, he he literally said everything, everything. He even said this, when you want to be along those same lines, laying lineage of greatness of guys that came before you, there are times when I think about having number 11 hanging in the rafters, hopefully one day. That's the dream, so why not? It's the truth. I feel that way about my teammates. I feel that way about this organization, so I'm looking forward to the challenging year. <laughs> okay, Kyrie, okay. Sure, great. Stay. You don't lie to me. Don't don't feed me with these words, Kyrie. So it's great to know that Kyrie Irving is here and ready to stay. So obviously, media day started off fresh and great and perfect. Uh, we found out that Jason Tatum added seven pounds over the summer of all muscle. He still looks like a stick figure, but that's okay. He's growing day by day, and. Hopefully this means that he can finish at the rim. Obviously his jumper is so smooth. It's it's like butter. It's like butter. It's so great. So hopefully now he can kind of maybe do a shot fake, take it to the rack, and then go to the free throw line and knock down his free throws. And something that was very interesting, if you guys saw on the Celtics Instagram page, because I know you guys look at it as much as I do. Kidding. You don't. He has a different handshake with every single player on the team. LeBron James kind of did that. At first, I was like, wow, I feel like you guys spend too much time together. But then after a while, I was like, no, it's actually very creative that you can uh, remember all that. So if Jason Tatum wants to go down that line, that's fine. 
I'm cool with it. Some of them were easy, simple. Some of them blew my mind because uh, I didn't know hands and fingers could move that way, but that's fine. So be it. Speaking of a wing player, Marcus Morris continues to be very vocal as he always is. Uh, He made a nickname for the bench and I am in. I am so in 1000%. He called the Celtics the best bench in the league and he gave them the nickname of BWA, bench with an attitude, kind of like NWA. And I love that. Bench with an attitude. You know Marcus Smart has an attitude. You damn sure know that Marcus Morris has an attitude. Terry Rozier has an attitude. Aaron Baines, who it looks like he'll be coming off the bench based off the preseason lineups that we've seen so far because Aaron Baines wasn't in the starting lineup. Aaron Baines seems like a nice guy, but he definitely probably has some attitude as well. It was also really cool to see that Marcus Morris now has Marcus Morris Sr., on the back of his jersey because he had a kid this year and obviously his kid was named after him so that was pretty cool to see Austin Ainge said a couple nice things about Mook as a lot of people like to call him talking about how he's such a great teammate and he's willing to accept a smaller role this year and you need guys like that to make sure that this team can go to the NBA Finals win an Eastern Conference Championship and hopefully compete for the NBA Finals as well the other thing that I I thought was kind of over the top but Tristan Thompson said that the Cavs are still the team to beat. They've won multiple Eastern Conference championships over the year, which is great. And then Tristan Thompson reached out to him saying, I mean, uh, Marcus Morris reached out to Tristan Thompson basically saying, you're going home early this season. No need for it, but, you know, it's all fun and games, especially in the preseason, so I'm, I'm a-okay with it. Some other things that happened at Media Day. Al Horford, kind of interesting. So Al Horford's going to be a free agent soon, and he was saying that there is no question that he wants to spend the rest of his career in Boston. Boston is his new home. So the question is, if Al Horford is willing to stay here and wants to stay here, is he willing to take a pay cut? Because Al Horford gets paid a lot of money. I think Al Horford at times, is worth all that money. But other times, it's kind of tough to say because it doesn't show up in the box score, but it shows up in a lot of the little things, which we're going to talk about, especially in that first preseason game the Celtics lost. When Al Horford was out there, the team was spot on lights out. Is that worth $30 million a year? I don't know, but Al Horford needs to be on this basketball team for this basketball team to be successful. So I'm all for Al Horford staying, especially if he's willing to make a pay cut. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, it's time for a lot of people's favorite segment, the Celtics stud and dud of the week. And the stud this week's going to be a little bit different. It's going to go out to Gordon Hayward's wife, Robin. Robin was on Instagram the other day. And she posted during the game saying, if anyone follows my husband, I will find you with an angry face. So you know what? Shout out to Robin Hayward for defending her husband, supporting her husband. She probably doesn't want to have to go through the agony that she dealt with dealing with Gordon's injury last year. She just wants him to be healthy and play basketball because daddy is always happy. But with that being said, I'm kind of giving the stud this week to the Hayward family. Robin, very funny Instagram post. And then Gordon Hayward actually said very, something very funny on a different podcast, pardon my take, on uh, from Barstool Sports. He said that he pissed off Brad Stevens at time when Brad Stevens would tell the media that Gordon wasn't going to come back. And then he would post a workout video of him on Instagram. And he said he did that on purpose to piss off Brad Stevens. Kind of mean, because you know I'm pro-Brad. I'm very 
biased towards Brad, but pretty funny that every single time that Gordon would say something it was, or post something, it was after Brad said that Gordon wasn't coming back. So pretty funny to hear. And also uh, just some news about Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward signed a four-year sneaker deal with Anta Kicks. That's the same one that Dwayne Wade, Clay Thompson, and Rajon Rondo are part of. I'm sure there's other NBA players, but those are you know the three biggest names so a lot of people were thinking he was going to go to New Balance, he was going to go to Nike, but he's getting his own signature sneaker line with this deal for a four-year deal, so shout out to him. And the Celtics dud this week is Semi Ojale. On Friday night, <laughs> Semi Ojale, you guys know that I was very high on him on how effective he was in the office, at the offensive end of the floor during the Las Vegas Summer League. I, I thought he shot the ball well. I thought he performed very well on the offensive side of the ball. And he went 0 for 8 in the preseason opener against the Hornets this past Friday. And seven of those shots were three-pointers. Relax, bud. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but this because the Celtics took a lot of three-pointers when they were down at the Dean Dome playing their first game but you need to relax semi you don't need to be taking seven three-pointers i don't care if it's preseason and also semi lied to the general public and i don't like liars okay so semi ojale basically said on celtics instagram that he did 3786 bicep curls a day now don't get me wrong he is chiseled he could be a statue he he could be in 300 with gerard butler you name it he is jacked but you're not doing 3,786 bicep curls a day. That's a lie. And because of that, and because of your poor shooting, you are the Celtics dud this week, semi Ojale. And one last little piece of information before we talk about the last two preseason games. Marcus George Hunt, he is finishing up to sign a deal with the Celtics for a preseason camp deal, but he could also be signing with the Celtics as well for maybe a deal to be on the team fully this season but it all really depends on the legal situation with Jabari Bird which we really haven't heard a lot about and I'm I'm very surprised by that I think the NBA is doing the right thing and making sure that they do a hardcore investigation rather than jumping the gun and just being like oh yeah see you later I think Jabari Bird all everything that was said was true because it was very detailed very in-depth but I do give the league props for making sure that they find out all the information before they make a call Marcus George Hunt, he played for the T-Wolves and the Thunder for the last two seasons. He also played for the main Red Claws in the past for the G League team. And I think he, he really does have a shot at making the final roster spot. So it'll be interesting to see. So now we have to talk about the first preseason game. The Celtics lost to the Hornets down in Charlotte, 104-97. to And there's a, a lot of things to talk about. First off, the only starter to be in the plus-minus was Al Horford. We were talking about earlier how important it was for Al Horford. And there were some things, obviously, you, you look at the box score and you're like, oh, Al Horford put like crap. And no, not really. Al Horford's going to be setting a lot of screens this year. I hope Al has some some hip guards. He's setting a lot of screens for a lot of guys, especially if he does decide to do some, or if Brad decides to let him be point Horford. He's going to have a lot of different things to do. A lot of handoffs, setting screens. So Jason or Kyrie or Gordon or Jalen or Terry or Marcus Smart, you name it, catches it, curls, he rolls to the basket, goes for a lob, whatever the case may be, or he sets an off screen and someone comes around, curls around, catches a jumper at the top of the key and shoots it and it goes in. So Al Horford is uh, such an important part and it was great to see that you know, a lot of people trash him, but he's so important because he was the only starter in plus minus in the Celt- and he only played 15 minutes, but those 15 minutes, the Celtics destroyed the Hornets because in the first quarter, they scored 39 points and only allowed 20. It was unbelievable how well they were playing. But of course, 
classic Celtics second quarter really wasn't ideal, but the first half the Celtics looked so, so, so good. First off, before we really dive in deep, Marcus Smart did not travel the team with the person for personal reasons, and that's perfectly fine by me. He's clearly going through a lot. I lost my father when I was 15, just completely out of the blue, and I'm sure seeing Marcus Smart losing his mom, seeing her suffer, seeing her fight so hard through cancer is hard for him. I feel like he's going to have a lot of hard moments this season, but he has his teammates, and I'm glad the Celtics organization understood what he was going through and told him, stay at home. We'll see you on Sunday for the game. And he did actually play on Sunday. One of the things about the preseason game that I really wasn't a fan of is the Celtics took over 25 threes just in the first half. They, as an organization, have only taken 53 pointers two times in franchise history. And at the end of the game this past Friday, this isn't including the game that I that I just went to, but they went 16 for 86 if you include this preseason game and Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Ah, uh, not good. 70 missed three-pointers in 96 minutes worth of basketball? That's not good. They The Celtics cannot live or die by the three. The Warriors can do that because they arguably have three of the best shooters on the planet. When people think about great shooters, sure, you can think about Jason Tatum. You, you, you don't think about Kyrie Irving or Jalen Brown or Aaron Baines or Al Horford or Terry Rozier. Or we could go on and on. So the Celtics just need to chill a little bit with all these three-pointers. Uh, I understand that's the way the league is now, but just stop doing it so much. You know, Take a step in. It's okay. Avery Bradley used to do it all the time way back when, and he was a pretty good knockdown shooter. Especially, you know, two feet in from the three-point line. Perfectly okay with that. One of the things that I really enjoyed about the first quarter in Friday's preseason game was how aggressive the defense was. They were very aggressive inside the paint. Gordon got a block. Kyrie got a block. Everyone was doing their job, sucking in, really helping with help defense, especially in the paint, and I really, really enjoyed it. The other thing that I loved about it, when they played that really good defense, they would force bad shots and get rebounds and no one looked for the outlet guy if Jalen got a rebound he ran if Jason got a rebound he ran if Kyrie got a rebound he ran down the floor kind of like what Terry Rozier does catches gets the rebound and just runs and I and I thought that was really cool rather than you know Al Horford gets the rebound he looks around tries to find Isaiah Thomas and then Isaiah runs up the court nonchalantly and then they try and set up a pick and roll but I like the the whole get it run go down the court the team's deep the depth is there you can work guys in and out for a lot of minutes keep everyone fresh make sure everyone has a lot of energy so if that's something that we're going to look forward to this season if Tatum if he improves his ball handling Jalen Brown definitely looks like he improved his ball handling he had this play at the top of the key I'm sure a lot of you saw it where he dribbled forward went behind his back, took a step back, stuck a three-pointer. If Jalen Brown can do that, I'm all for it. I didn't like the fact that Jalen Brown took the most shots in that game because when it when I'm thinking about who I want the Celtics taking shots, I don't want it to be Jalen Brown, then Kyrie, then Gordon Hayward, or Jason Tatum. I want it to be like Kyrie, Tatum, Horford, Hayward, Brown. Jalen Brown's a, a, an, a reasonable shooter. I just don't think he should be leading the team in shots. That's all. But back to my original point here is if the Celtics are going to play some run and gun stuff, I'm all for it because the the bench is deep enough to do it. There were also some times that I noticed speaking about Jalen Brown uh, a few seconds ago. Is there were a couple times where 
Jalen Brown could have passed the ball to Gordon Hayward, and he didn't. And it kind of bothered me. And I understand that Jalen and Gordon and Jason Tatum are going to be fighting for some minutes. And I don't want Jalen to be like, oh, I'm not going to pass the ball to Gordon because Gordon may, you know, take my minutes away from me. Mm -mm. You got to be a team here. I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time. All I'm saying is there were just some times where I fully believe that Tatum, I mean, Jalen Brown just didn't pass the ball to Gordon Hayward when I think he should have. And I think that was a little bothersome. I don't know if a lot of people out, a lot of people noticed it, but I fully believe it was a thing and just keep an eye on it. Just, I don't, like I said, don't, don't kill yourself over it, but just keep an eye on it. It's going to be very, very interesting. In the second half of the first preseason game, there was no defense at all. The Hornets got back into the game. Gordon Hayward did stick a three at the top of the key to kind of start off the the third quarter, which was great to see. But Gordon Hayward was really out of rhythm. His conditioning is there. He looks healthy. Kyrie looks so healthy. His handle's still there. Watching Kyrie dribble, he had this crossover one time. Oh, my God. Kyrie's handles are unbelievable. I say I'll probably say that a thousand times this year, but they really are. But Gordon just... Didn't look in rhythm. You could clearly see he hasn't played professional basketball in a while, and that's fine. We all have to be patient with him, and I think and I think we're going to do that. The other thing that I was very interested in seeing was how BWA did, bench with an attitude. Terry Rozier, Aaron Baines, Marcus Morris, and even though Semi Ojale went 0 for 8 from the field, they were all in the plus and for the plus minus. The bench played really well. Terry Rozier came out with a lot of energy. Same with Marcus Morris and Aaron Baines as well. It was great to see the three of those guys actually playing together and playing well together. And I was really happy to see Robert Williams out there. There's been a lot of talk, especially at Media Day this week, about how Robert Williams will be spending most of the season up in Maine. And I know some people may find that frustrating, and I don't think it should be very frustrating because it's actually a good thing that the Celtics are this deep that they can throw him up there for a few weeks, maybe on a road trip, like, hey, we're going to go out on the West Coast, go up to Maine, polish your game, and then when we come back at home, we'll use you and we'll see how you do in front of the hometown crowd, and then maybe we'll take you out on the road. And I'm perfectly okay with that. He came in. He looked good. He made all of his freebies, or he went like three out of four out of his freebies. He got to the line. I really enjoyed it. He had some some screens that were set very well. He had a screen set for Semi Ojale. He did a great job. He cleared everyone out. Semi missed the three-pointer, of course, because he went 0 for 8 from the field and 0 for 7 from three-point range. But his timing is there. It's a little off, but his timing is there. And I think as long as Al Horford keeps training him and keeps telling him where to be and what to do, I think Robert Williams is going to be there. And I'm telling you, he's going to be on the playoff roster. And I'm not saying he's going to be a big help. I'm just saying give the kid a chance. I think he's going to be there. Now, before we get into Game 2, which I just got back from Game 2 of the preseason, we have to do... We now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation, Celtics Unit Report. Okay, this week's banner banter investigation is about a Celtics player who only played for a few years, but everyone knows the name. It is about Xavier McDaniels. Xavier McDaniels played 870 NBA games. He played for the Sonics, the Suns, the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Nets. He was the fourth overall draft pick from Wichita State in the 1985 NBA draft. 
I was born in 1985, so that's how old this guy is. He was the first player to ever lead the NCAA in rebounding and scoring. He did that in the 1984-1985 season. First player in the nation ever to do that, and he played at Wichita State. Xavier McDaniels is one of the first ones there. So Xavier McDaniels, he played three years for the Celtics in the mid-'90s, and two out of those three seasons, he played all 82 games. He did that four times in his career. Not a lot of people can say that they've played all 82 games in one season, just once. This dude did it four times. Xavier McDaniels was like if Semi Ojale, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum, no, 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 maybe Jalen Brown, all became one person. He was jacked. He loved getting in people's faces, and he was aggressive. He was a great finisher and a pretty decent shooter. He scored more than 20 points in 19 games in the 1992-1993 season for the Celtics. The leading scorer for that team was Reggie Lewis. So when Reggie Lewis, after Reggie Lewis passed, Xavier McDaniels was the guy for the Boston Celtics for quite some time. He was arguably at the time, obviously you could say now that at Horford or if Kyrie resigns, Gordon Hayward, the most important slash biggest slash valuable free agent the Celtics ever got in the history of the organization. He was that important and that big at the time. A lot of people may know him from maybe talking smack when he was playing for the Knicks against Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan in those playoff series. He was the guy that would get in MJ's face and get in Scottie Pippen's face. He was so much fun to watch. He, one of the funny things when I was looking him up as part of this investigation, he was actually on an episode with, of Married with Children. Hopefully I'm going to find it on demand and maybe play a sound clip, but if I don't, you know, no sound clip, but... It's just crazy to think that, you know, a very underrated show with Al Bundy and Married with Children, Xavier McDaniel was on it. Just very, very funny. Xavier McDaniel has um, three kids, and all three of them are very good at basketball. His daughter played at UNC. Boo. But that's fine. And went undrafted in the 2016 WNBA draft, but she was very good. She put, She got hurt. A couple times when she was at UNC, but very, very good. One of his sons, uh, Jalen, currently plays at San Diego State. And his youngest son, Jaden, is the highest rated West Coast high school basketball player right now. And the other day, he actually cut down to his final five schools of Washington, Texas, Kentucky, UCLA, and San Diego State. So that would actually be really cool for Xavier McDaniels if if him and his other son, Jalen, play together. That'd be really great. And currently, Xavier McDaniels lives in South Carolina and runs a construction and janitorial service company. Who would have thought? He cleaned up on the boards, and now he's cleaning up in life. That was really cheesy, I know. But now we have to talk about the second preseason game that just happened. The Celtics beat the Charlotte Hornets at TD Garden, 115-112. to 112. It was actually a really exciting game, especially at the end when the bench players were going back and forth. But before we really dive into that game, I do have to give a shout-out to Miles Bridges. I, as a college basketball fan, thought Miles Bridges was very very overrated. He fell a little bit in the draft, but that boy came out to play today. I don't care if it was a preseason game or not. He shot the ball well, finished at the rim well. That kid can jump through the roof of a basketball gym. He is he he could be a really good piece for the Hornets. The Hornets aren't going to make the playoffs this year, but if they do, it could be because of people like Miles Bridges. Let's right away talk about the ending of the game. So it was going back and forth. The Celtics were down seven, six or seven points with about three minutes to go. The lineup was Brett Wanamaker, Dozier, Shemi, Yabaselli, and Robert Williams. 
They cut down the lead. Miles Bridges got a layup. Yabo got a layup. And then Monk, who played for Kentucky, now playing for the Hornets, tried to dribble by, then did exactly what the, his coach probably set up for him, a one-on-one matchup with Robin Williams. Uh, Robin Williams. Robert Williams. And he drove in, took a couple steps back, tried to shoot it over Robert Williams. But Robert Williams' arms and his... Wingspan are so long, blocked the shot, Celtics got the ball, Celtics win. It was a great finish, and it was great to see Robert Williams. Robert Williams, I thought, played very well. There was one time that I thought it was very interesting that he was kind of like jogging up the court, and one of the assistant coaches were going, Robert, run down the lane, and Robert ran down the lane. They literally threw his arm, like they almost like pushed him with his arms, and he went down the lane, caught the ball, and laid it in. They knew, if you run down the lane right now, we're going to find you. Robert Williams, I thought, played very well. I know I'm a little biased towards him because I want everyone to give him a chance. But for a preseason game, he improved a great deal from game one to game two. Now, some of the other things that I really noticed was Brad got a lot of shots for Jason Tatum, not only with the starters, but with the second unit. Jason Tatum played a lot of minutes with the second unit, especially when they went on a 19-9 run in the second quarter. And Jason Tatum scored 13 points in the second quarter. Jason Tatum was fantastic tonight. He looked great. And it's very interesting to see that he was out there with Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and what most likely will be Aaron Baines, but Al Horford did not play tonight for the Celtics. They gave him the night off. Fine by me. Rest him up as much as you can. He's getting older by the second. So to see Tatum, Rozier, Smart, Morris all out there, and Tice as well, I actually really enjoyed that lineup. I think Jason Tatum should start, but if Brad Stevens doesn't want to give my prediction of Jalen Brown for the sixth man of the year, if Jalen, if Jason Tatum wants to play more minutes early in the second quarter and maybe play less minutes at the end of the second quarter so we can even out the second quarter because I'm going to say the second quarter a lot right now like I just did because last year the second quarter for the Celtics sucked it sucked in plain English and it drove me bananas absolutely crazy they 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 couldn't do anything and it 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 was so infuriating so if we need to have Jason Tatum out there to play maybe some extended minutes and maybe not close the second quarter I'm okay with that. So that was very interesting to see. The Celtics need to figure out how to guard athletic big men. The big men from the Hornets, uh, Her Her Gomez, I believe his name is. I think I butchered the pronunciation of that word. But he is an athletic big. They got him from the Knicks a few years ago, or maybe even last year. And he's not nothing great, but he's just athletic as a big man. And the Celtics had some trouble with him to start the game. They kind of changed their defensive scheme a little bit, and it worked out. But he's really not that great of an athletic big, and they still had problems with him. So I'm really interested to see how Brad and the rest of the team focus on athletic bigs because Al Horford ain't going to be able to keep up with him. Aaron Baines ain't going to keep up with him. Tice did for a bit. Robert Williams probably could as well. But there there are a lot better guys than that athletic big from the Hornets that we, we need to pay attention to. One thing that I love seeing is when the Jason Tatum was playing with the second unit, one thing that I hated so much about Terry Rozier last year was he couldn't throw an alley-oop for the life of him, and he threw a perfect alley-oop to Jason Tatum in the second quarter. That was great to see. One of the funniest things in the first half of this game was Gordon Hayward got five very quick fouls, and after the game, Brad Stevens actually said that he hoped Gordon got his sixth foul and foul out of the game in the first half. Uh, this little cute little fun and game thing with Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens, I'm in. I'm interested. Let's let's get after it. I'm I'm here for it. There was one interesting lineup that I I don't know, it just kind of blew my mind. It was Hayward, 
Morris, Kyrie, Jalen, and Terry. Very small lineup, very aggressive lineup, very fast lineup, a good shooting lineup. But man, to have Gordon Hayward and Marcus Morris as your two biggest guys on the floor, I don't know how I felt about it. It was very fun to watch, but I feel like I don't want that lineup out there for for the playoffs. Very good defensive lineup, minus Kyrie, because we know Kyrie can't defend for crap. But it was just a very, very interesting lineup to see. There was a lot of energy from the starters coming out into the second half, and I loved to see that because everyone just came out flat in the second half down in Charlotte on Friday. I love seeing that. It was very cool to see. You could actually sense that these guys wanted it. They wanted to gel. They wanted to click, and that was really, really great to see. There was one lineup that really drove me nuts. It was... Smart, Wanamaker, Tice, Yabo, and Semi. I'm just reading my notes here. And they just did like too much passing. If you play basketball, you know, whether it was in high school or college or, you know, even in middle school, there was always that rule, make three passes before you shoot it. And these guys made like 45 passes and no one shot it. And it just drove me nuts. They're like, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. And it drove me bananas. Like, I know it was just preseason, but oh my God, I was just someone shoot the ball for for the love of God. Speaking of shooting the ball, Marcus Smart, it's great to have my heart attacks back because Marcus Smart uh, shooting three-pointers uh, drives me nuts. He, he made a couple, perfectly content with it. You know, if it goes in, I'm all for it. If it misses it, rip him a new one. But it was great to see Marcus out on that floor. You could see that he he's ready to go. He's focused. He's ready for this upcoming season. I don't think his big paycheck that he got this past summer is going to change him. But one person I was really kind of disappointed in, I was really excited to see what Brad Wanamaker was all about. I A lot of people were calling him Shane Larkin 2.0. I thought Shane Larkin, I don't want to say it was important for the Celtics, but I feel like he was a good piece for the Celtics to have. A veteran that's been all around the NBA for a bit. Not a bad jumper, just someone you could trust to run the point. And there were some times where, you know, Brad told guys where to go, but every single time he attacked the the hoop, he just lost control of the ball. Maybe he just had a crappy game, and we can expect more out of him in the upcoming two games against the Cavs this week. But I don't know, it was just kind of disappointing to see him lose the ball so much for someone who is supposed to be our like backup backup point guard point guards aren't supposed to do that so that was a little concerning to see overall this game it was a great fun competitive preseason game the place was packed but the next time you guys go to td garden i was talking to one of the season ticket reps mikey and it's different they dim the lights in the loge they put more lights towards the floor and it kind of looks like the Staples Center or the Barclays Center where the Lakers and the Nets are playing kind of almost like the all-star game too where the main focus is on the court nothing else I don't know how I liked it but I'm in for it for right now but we'll but we'll see how the season goes with it so overall you know not a lot of disappointing things when it comes to you know the the Celtics preseason game you know they won not a lot of people had a lot of turnovers. Jalen had three. Kyrie had two. You know, Gordon, Tatum, and Baines were the only starters in the minus. Robert Williams was a plus 13. Marcus Smart was a plus 13. Marcus Morris was a plus 11. Marcus Morris had a couple really nice three-pointers. Like, he caught it, took his time, 
shot it. And then there were a couple times where, oh man, he, he drove me nuts. The, the contested Marcus Morris jumpers are back. There was one time where Kyrie was like, pass it, pass it. I'm open. I'm open. And he was just like, nah, bro, I got this. And he clanked it. And that was very annoying. And I, and I kind of hope that goes away, but Kyrie played very well. He played 28 minutes, shot 50% from the field, went five for five for the line. It was good to see Gordon. He played 20 minutes, even though, you know, minus his five fouls. He went one for seven from the field. Not ideal, but again, we have to be patient with him when he try to get, you know, gets his rhythm back. Overall, if it was up to the first half of both games, the Celtics are looking delicious. They are exactly where they should be, and they're only going to get better when everyone finally gets back into the rhythm of the regular season. I'm not too worried about the starters. The bench looked great. We actually heard earlier this week that the bench was beating the starters in 5-on-5 pickup games to start training camp. So that is always great to hear, but at the same time, you also want the starters to destroy the bench at the same time too because I believe this starting lineup is so great. But yeah, that's that. The Celtics are playing another game tomorrow night at the Garden. 8 o'clock against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then they play them again on Saturday, October 6th at 7.30 in Cleveland. More games to be had, and then after Saturday's game, there's going to be no games, just practices until opening night, which is Tuesday, October 16th at the Garden against the Philadelphia 76ers on TNT. Oh, man, it's right around the corner. It's so great to have the Boston Celtics playing basketball again. It, I, I can't tell you how happy it made me. Stream, even just streaming the game from my from my office the other night, it was, ugh, it was just great. That's going to be it for this week's version of the Banner Banter Podcast, Episode 9 in the books. Thank you all so much for listening. Now that the season is basically here, please tell your friends. Please share my links, my tweets, my Facebook posts, you name it. Share it all. Let everyone know about the Banner Banter Podcast, especially now that the season's here. Hopefully, we can get more listeners. We've been doing a great job so far. We're almost to 1,000 listeners overall so far, which I think is really, really cool, and I appreciate everyone's support. Instagram, Facebook, at Banner Banter Podcast. Twitter machine, at Banner Banter 18. Thank you again so much for listening. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, you name it, we're on it. Thank you again. It's so great to have the Boston Celtics back, and it's great to have you listening. Talk to you guys really, really soon for next week's episode. It will be episode 10. Holy crap. Next week's episode 10 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you guys all so much. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Thank you.